What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. another week of soccer down here john here you there soccer's morning show thanks for hanging out with us hope your weekend was uh, as you anticipated and hopefully it exceeded your expectations we got a lot of stuff to get into this morning obviously to recap what happened this weekend Uh, lower divisions here in the u.s it was the last weekend of the regular season in usl league one usl championship the nwsl had its chaos and i'm not kidding uh, for those of you that got to watch the Whip Around show, you got to see it firsthand with what happened with all uh, 12 teams going at once. Uh, although, uh, morning, Alex. Uh, they they got to work on some things. We'll get into that. Uh, we've got stuff going on with Manchester United that we got to talk about. Stuff going on in Major League Soccer. We actually had a couple of matches to talk about there as well. And the next time that Nick is on, we've got to get into what is going on with the Tonali and Zaniolo. We've got to get into all of that and the uh, implications and the information therein. So there's all of that to talk about. Whatever's on your mind this morning, Bart Keeler's joining us at 10 o'clock to discuss the USMNT, where it was the tale of 245s. We'll get into ratings and we'll get into uh, what you really can take from that first match and get you ready for the second one. Bart's going to have a very busy week. And he'll come back uh, after the second one. And I'm telling him this now. He doesn't know that yet, but it's pretty much an understood. After the second match, he'll come back again and we'll discuss it all over again and discuss what happened in this window and what to carry forward. Uh, Traffic for the week. Uh, Traditionally pretty normal. Uh, We do have our programming championship league one MLS next pro. They're down to the final. And we'll we'll cover that as well. That stuff will be out tomorrow. Uh, We're catching up with our friends at Hickory FC, one of the new clubs in the NPSL. That'll be out later today. We're catching up with them late this afternoon, and that'll get turned pretty much around dinner time. And uh, we will uh, catch up with the folks that have not made the playoffs for some 1v1s here in the region. We'll get their ideas about the season and what happened there and, and all of that. So, that's kind of normal. Uh, I'm going to try to grab the folks from the USL show and see if they can come on on a weekly basis 
for the remainder of their season because, once again, we're in playoffs, and uh, I'm going to catch up with them. I'll yell at them and see if they can show up every week as we have a postseason, and we'll go from there. Nico uh, Moreno joining us on Thursday traditionally for his 1030. Uh, we'll give you prem and proper as we get you ready for the upcoming weekend in the Premier League. That'll be up on uh, Thursday and Friday where you get to have your 3D, the Drew Dickinson diatribe. And then Friday uh, should be back to normal with your weekend whip around last weekend of the regular season in Major League Soccer. So hour number two on Friday, big, big, big. Uh, our friends from Beyond Goals and catching up with them as well. So once again, traditionally very, very busy week, especially as uh, MLS is winding down. The USL is in playoffs, NWSL is in playoffs, so there's a lot to discuss. Morning, Abby, and uh, glad that you are here. Uh, opening kickoff, brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. There's your QR code for those of you who are watching uh, on uh, Twitch, on Facebook, and on uh, Twitter, or the X, or whatever the heck they call it these days. And uh, thanks to everybody who has kicked off their day with uh, our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. See, you see what I did there with the, the kickoff, right? Uh, don't forget to use the code soccer down here 15. Thanks to everybody who has, and they in turn take 10% reinvested into the youth game youth initiatives. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. So uh, glad that uh, everybody had a great time with uh, the Pride Parade and uh, with DJEU. Glad that you guys got to, to do that as well. I've seen the pictures. looked like a really fun time. Uh, opening kickoff has to do with, uh, I guess, the combination of owner-coach and, and what it can be sometimes. So lower divisions in England... See, and Jason can do it better than I can because I can't I can't quite do the the hold note like he does. But lower divisions in England, you have these guys that will invest a boatload of money to, you know, that it's their club, they're gonna do what they want. And they're gonna try to to reach the the promised land of the the leagues that pay. And there is a club, and I don't know how many of you are really hardcore. Uh, when it comes to the lower divisions. I, I'm pretty decent when it comes to this stuff. But there is a club called, and I'm not kidding, Dorking. D-O-R-K-I-N-G. Dorking. I don't know the genesis of the name. I probably should, or I probably should have figured it out uh, as a part of as a, as a part of all of this, this informational packet that, that uh, I'm laying out for you. So in the lower divisions in England is this club called Dorking. And they have been trying to uh, get into the, the second, the League Two and all that kind of stuff. And they are four points out of uh, the playoffs currently. The guy that owns Dorking is a gentleman by the name of Mark White founded the club in 1999 and right now England's version of the all-in tournament the FA Cup is going on they haven't quite got they've just now gotten to FA Cup proper but you have all those qualification rounds and everybody that wants to jump in you know the all-in tournament it's a beautiful beautiful thing about it they had a match 
on Saturday. And White is both the owner and the manager. Started the team back in 1999. So in 24 years, they've been promoted 12 times. They started in Division 5 of the Crawley and District League, and now they're in the National League. Like I said, four points out of the the, uh, promotion playoff. So Saturday, they were playing for the chance to get into the first round proper of the FA Cup for the first time in team history. They didn't make it. They lost 2-0 to a team called Horsham. And Horsham is in a lower division. They're, they're not in the National League. So, you know, what we like to do after matches is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll stick a microphone in folks' faces and we will get the, uh, the thoughts of managers after, you know, after wins and losses. You know, and some guys, you know, some guys could Bill Belichick their way through it, win or loss. You know, they could be really excited, you know, just it's on to the next, you know, we'll do our, you know, we'll do our thing and all that. Or, you know, you could have guys who are very animated about how they feel about their performance, good or bad. Our friend Mark White is the latter. So here is what Mark White said about his club after losing out on the opportunity to be in the FA Cup proper for the first time for the first time in club history 24 years old that close lose here's what mark white had to say courtesy of our friends at the telegraph blair atrocious um, and they should be called out because they get told when they do well and that's how life works don't so anyone who goes down that ridiculous thing of oh, don't say it's the players the players get paid they should do a great job if they don't do a great job you know they should at least go down fighting that's how it works you know, myself and the club have planned for this game um, for two weeks, and you'd have thought we planned it on a fag packet last night. So they've embarrassed the management team. I'll be the first to take blame. I ain't taking blame for that shower. But what I will do is guarantee that there won't be a lot more of that from these, these boys. Even if it takes three, four, five games, I don't care less. This, this bunch of players today have, have been shambolic. They've been shambolic. That was a good half a dozen bleeps in about 40 seconds. Today was wholeheartedly a bunch of players that were absolute-ish. I will always put my hand up. I'd be the first to take blame. I ain't taking blame for that shower of ish. But what I will do is guarantee that there won't be a lot more of that from these boys. Atrocious. They should be called out. They get told when they do well, and that's how life works. Anyone who goes down that ridiculous thing of, oh, don't slag the players, the effing players get paid. They should do a great job. I don't know how much they get paid in the National League. Uh, if they don't do an effing great job, they should at least go down fighting. Fully deserve to be in the draw. I really hope they can get something amazing, life-changing, so my effing-ish players can learn an effing lesson because they were so poor. There was a fair chance that his players would get fined to F. Some of them show that when the going gets tough, they don't get tough with it. They get going. That's going to be a short career for them and my club and our club. And all I can do is apologize on behalf of the players management team for a team not to turn up in the FA Cup is scandalous, end quote. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to play this one more time. I'm going to play it one more time. Blair, 
atrocious. Um, and they should be called out because they get told when they do well. And that's how life works. Don't, so anyone who goes down that ridiculous thing of, oh, don't say it's the players, the players get paid. They should do a great job. If they don't do a great job, you know, they should at least go down fighting. That's how it works. You know, I, myself and the club have planned for this game um, for two weeks and you'd have thought we planned it on a fag packet last night. So they've embarrassed the management team. I'll be the first to take blame. I ain't taking blame for that shower. But what I will do is guarantee that there won't be a lot more of that from these, these boys. Even if it takes three, four, five games, I don't care less. This, this bunch of players today have, have been shambolic. Would you ever play for a guy like that? That's my question. Michael Head, dang, and Hutch says it was inspirational. And, and, and Hutch, that's the reason that I'm asking the question. Because of that 40 seconds, why would I ever want to play for a guy like this? If I'm on the outside looking in, I know it's his club. I feel like I'm you know, listening to Jerry Jones dropping F-bombs. I know he owns the club, and I know he's the manager. But why, in the wild blue hell, would I play for a guy like this if he's going to run his mouth like that? Now, Mark White can come after me. I don't care. Not that he would ever listen to this. But legitimately, why should anyone play for a guy like that? You, I mean, that, that to me is like, you know, why, you know, if you lose out, on playing in the FA Cup proper for the first time ever in club history, I get it. You're you're chapped. But to call out your players in that way, legitimately, and he talks about players getting paid in the, the transcript. Like I said, you ain't getting paid a whole lot. When this season is over, I'm looking for a new gig. If I can find a new gig and I can find a way out of my deal where I can actually get paid and get paid a decent amount of money. Because like I said, the National League, for those of you that watch Welcome to Wrexham, you kind of know what the players are getting paid in the National League. It ain't a whole lot. Unless you're like star power. But for a guy like that, for a guy like Mark White, to say what he said after losing out in playing in the FA Cup proper for the first time ever in team history, I get it. I would imagine that the players themselves are mad enough at themselves for losing 2-0 when you're right there on the edge of hopping into the FA Cup. You don't need to pile on in this situation. That might be Mark White's management style. I don't know. Maybe he's published a book on his management style or something. But to, to have that kind of a thing, to have that kind of a rant in your hip pocket where you bleep a guy five or six times in 40 seconds for dropping issues and Fs, like, like Hutch says, that's real inspirational. But yeah, right now they're four points out of, out of the promotion playoff. They're 14th in the National League, don't get me wrong, 14th out of 24. But they're four points out of but they're four points out of a playoff to get into League Two. 
And the National League is flawed anyway because you only have the one team that automatically gets in when it really should be two, especially after what we saw with Wrexham and Knotts County. But yeah, the other six, two through seven, play for those for that other spot or the other spots. So, yeah, that that that's a guy that you know that word like that gets around. Hopefully. When you've got a guy like that that uh, wants to sit there and, yeah, it's my club, so I'm going to say what I want, you're not going to attract everybody all the time if you continue to be in that manner. You've gotten to this point, and that should be celebrated. The fact that you have a dozen promotions in two dozen years, that needs to be celebrated and acknowledged. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. But the fact that you want to run your mouth, drop all these F-bombs, and think because you own the place and because you're the manager that you can do it, and you can. But think larger picture. Think larger picture. You've done well in the first two dozen years of your franchise. You're right there on the edge. Mark White needs to think bigger picture. That's your opening kickoff. Brought to us by our friends at Blanken Kickoff Coffee. <laughs> Blanken Kickoff Coffee and Blanken Kickoff Coffee, co.com. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Once again, there's your QR code for those of you who are watching on Twitch and on Facebook and on the 280 character app. I'm debating going YouTube as well. So thanks to everybody who's been using the uh, QR code and thanks for everybody who's been kicking their day off with our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. And uh don't forget to use the code soccer down here 15 You get 15% off your purchase. They in turn take 10%, reinvest it into the youth game and youth initiatives. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. I ain't buying no uh, dorking wanderers stuff. Michael Head did tell us that The Athletic had a good article on dorking. See, now I'm going to be making fun of dorking from now on. It's almost like a verb that uh, that has some kind of connotation that we can kind of need to keep our eye on. Yeah. By the way, what were you doing? Oh, I was dorking. I was dorking the other day. But uh, yeah, so that's where you are. Dorking. You got an owner and a manager that likes to drop f bombs and ridiculous players. So there you go. That's your opening kickoff. Classy guy. Uh, 
Major League Soccer, like I said, we got a bunch of different directions to go here today. We've got Major League Soccer. Everybody's caught up now with all of their games and uh, where to go. Manchester United sale is officially official. Yes. Hutch, definitely. Dorking. Yeah, to, to dork. To negatively inspire. Therefore, dorking. Negative inspiration. Like I said, we got a lot of Manchester United stuff to get through. Uh, we got the lower divisions. We've got Major League Soccer. Bart Keeler joining us at 10 o'clock to talk USMNT. So let, let's go over what happened in Major League Soccer over the weekend as we get ready for the last week of the regular season. By the way, did you see? Did you see? Did you see? Did you see? That Inner Miami is going to be traveling China. They're going to be on tour since they're not making the playoffs. They're going to China. But not, and since, like I said, since they ain't doing the postseason, they've got to wrap up their season with a home and home with Charlotte. And it starts at Drive Pink on Wednesday, finishes up with everybody else at 6 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday with the game at Bank of America on Decision Day. But this past weekend, had a couple of games. Dallas and Colorado, a 1-1 draw. Did not have that on the bingo card. That was in Frisco, and Colorado actually, don't ask me how, Colorado, they had a 1-0 lead. Rafael Navarro scored in the 25th. Alan Velasco scored in the 37th, and it finished at a 1-1 draw. FC Dallas is trying to find a way to worsen their playoff position. Nashville and New England at Geotis had its uh, batch of crazy. Dax McCarty scored. I can't remember the last time that that happened. Dax McCarty scored to make it 1-0. Sam Surridge, who I I think everyone in Nashville has been waiting for Sam Surridge to get on the score sheet, to help things out, to be that guy that he was like in the first handful of matches with with, uh, Hani Mukhtar, to be that distraction, to be that secondary outlet. He was. Nashville was up 3-0 at the break. Surridge. Had two goals, 30th and at 45 plus three. So they go in at halftime. And Gary Smith, I'm sure he was very happy about the first half performance. So then it's 3-0 and you don't hang on to it. You end up giving up a brace to Shankalai, and if New England doesn't activate that clause to purchase, they're in trouble. Shankalai scored twice in the second half. It was 3-2, and they had to ha- and Nashville had to hang on for the final 20 minutes. So Nashville got full points. L.A. and RSL. RSL on the road in Carson, California. The Bishop, Dejan Jovalich, starts and scores. Douglas Costa, who, by the way, is still making four and a half million, four and a quarter million dollars a year. Two goals on the board for L.A., and they can't hang on. Anderson Julio scored to make it 2-1 at the break. Diego Luna scores with 15 to go. So that sets up your standings for this match in the midweek after the USA-Ghana match on Tuesday. Then it's all Major League Soccer for the remainder. Here's how things are. 33 matches in 
except for D.C., who's done, and Charlotte and Miami, who had the makeup game. Here's how things stand. Eastern Conference, Cincinnati's in the barn. They're the number one. Orlando's your number two. That we know. Locked in. Not changing. 68 points in 60. One and two. Done. Philly, 55 points. Columbus at 54. New England, 52. Atlanta's at 50. Nashville's at 49. So, yeah, there's a lot to play for here with Atlanta going to Cincy. I don't know. I would not anticipate uh, a lot of the starters for Cincinnati going past halfway, considering that they don't have a uh, a whole lot to play for. So it could be an opening for Atlanta United, because Atlanta United's got to have the pedal down in this one to try to improve their standing. Montreal's at 41 points. DC's at 40, but they can't make the postseason. Red Bull's at 40, and that's your playoff bar. The eliminated DC United is your playoff bar at 40 points. Red Bull's at 40. Same number of wins, same record as Chicago Fire. They're at seven ahead of them in goal difference. Charlotte's at 39. Remember, they've got two matches to go. If they went out, they're probably in the playoffs. More work for Jessica Charman, the busiest one of the busiest workers in the business. Charlotte's at 39 points, two matches to go. NYCFC's 38 with a match to go. Miami's eliminated at 33. Toronto's at 22. And we got some stuff on Herdman coming up also. Western Conference, St. Louis in the barn. They're good. Number one seed. Congratulations to them. Then the chaos. LAFC's at 51. Seattle's at 50. Houston is at 48. RSL's at 47, 13 wins. Vancouver is at 47, 12 wins. Portland is at 43, 11 wins. That's your top seven. Dallas, 43, 10 wins. Same record as San Jose, five ahead of them in goal difference. That's your playoff bar right now. That's your top nine. Kansas City's at 41 points. And obviously, we'll get into the matchups and the juice boxes as we get later in the week. Kansas City's at 41 points, 11 wins. Minnesota's at 41 points, 10 wins. Austin eliminated at 38. LA's eliminated at 36. Colorado is eliminated at 27. So congratulations, Toronto. You get the wooden spoon. I don't know if we can give, like, other cutlery for Colorado. But, I mean, after you disposed of Robin Frazier, something has happened where you're not wooden spoon. And you've actually won games on the road this year. By the way, Toronto and how bad things are for Toronto, 0-13-4 on the road. 0-13-4. That takes some special talent right there. 0-13-4. And since we're we're in the uh, MLS discussion, article over at Waking the Red 
it was an interesting uh it was an interesting thought from uh john herdman talked to a neil davidson of the canadian press He goes, this is the future that I've dreamt of. To one day be a professional club coach, working with players of the caliber of Insigne, Bernadeschi, Johnson, Bradley, Osorio on a daily basis. As I said to the boys after the first session, I've just realized the dream today. I hate to break it to him, but Insigne, Bernadeschi, they're not going to be there. You will get to work with them for one match. If they have their way, and if you should do what is making of the most sense, they don't need to be there next season. They don't. From the uh, the staff at Waking the Red. You can understand why Herdman feels that way. He's been public both before and since getting the TFC job about his long-held desire to coach at the club level. There's also the not-so-small matter of what he's leaving behind by exiting Canada's soccer program. He admitted that the turmoil at the association was having a mental impact on him. Quote, that was a big part of the shift. Enough was enough. You ended up spending 50% of your life in a political reality. And I'm not need to, not naive to think that this, meaning the TFC job, isn't political, but the day-to-day keeps you focused on what's right in front of you. As was also evidenced by his rhetoric at his TFC unveiling, the Englishman is clearly both pleased to be the new man in BMO dugout and somewhat relieved to be outside Canada soccer's field of gravity. The key now is turning that realized dream of club management into progress, both for Herdman individually and for TFC. The next dream is winning. Quoting Herdman, the next dream is winning. And that might be a nightmare for uh, Toronto for a while. Waking the red, quote, that's easier said than done. The trauma this Toronto FC team and its fans have faced over the last few years, and particularly in 23, doesn't come easy, nor can it be banished easily. Quote, Herdman says, the scars are still open. We've got to stitch that together. The reality of what they're dealing with it, I feel for them as people. I know the fans and the observers watching this, they just want more people out. But this team has suffered. It's suffered a lot. With that, there's a lot of trauma they've experienced. Sports trauma, whether people believe it or not, it's real. The belief has sort of waned out of the group. Typically, when you're not winning, the standards do drop. TFC's lowly position defeat at home to Orlando City in Herdman's first game in the dugout on the final day of the season on October 2 would officially give him the worst record in franchise history. New coach is encouraged by what he's seen already in his short time at the club. The response has been good. I've been very surprised. Already I'm seeing some movement forward. It's positive. We're inheriting a good staff, and there's only small things we're going to need to change. There's only small things we're going to need to change in the team and around the team. Small things like what? Like I said, this is the interview that Herdman gave Neil Davidson of the Canadian press. There's only small things we're going to need to change in the team and around the team, but there are big changes on the field, and I think that's going to take time. He cautioned, suggesting it will take an initial three- or four-month period just to shift the mentality. Many TFC fans, in all honesty, once again, this is waking the red wrapping up. Wouldn't be surprised if it takes far longer than that. There's clearly talent at the club, but something is rotting creating and perpetuating a weakness at the very foundations of the club. Culture reset is the term that's been thrown around a lot. Whether or not you like hearing that phrase, Herdman is a pretty good candidate to make it a reality. You certainly can't fault his enthusiasm. 
traditionally, I'm the kind of guy that will sit there and give a team to the quarter pole of a season, so nine or ten matches in, to sit there and go, yeah, okay, uh, you know, changes in, changes out, I get it, and here's, you know, kind of where you are as a club. John Herdman has never coached at the club level, at the team level. He's done national stuff. He's never done this before. Never done this before. So you're either going to have to be really patient or it's going to be messy in a hurry. So here's your here's your contract decisions that have to be made for Toronto FC. You got to keep an eye on Bradley. Keep an eye on Tomas Romero. Keep an eye on Jaquil Marshall-Ruddy. End of this year. Vasquez, CJ Sapong, Ranjit Singh backup keeper, Akinola, Christian Gutierrez, Richie Larea, who just fell down again, Jordan Peruzza, Jordan Faria, Aimee Mabika, Lucas McNaughton, it was, was moved on, Temi Antonolu, TFC2, Altabelli, Obviously, we talk about Franco Ibarra as well, who gets loaned back out or doing, doing whatever. He's not playing in the last game of the year. Kurich, Kosi Thompson, Hugo Mbonge, Jesus Batis, Luca Gavron, who's with the twos, Alonzo Coelho, Perlman, Stefanovic, Simmermansic. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumpacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adama Diamande is injured. He's 24. Sean Johnson injured 24. Latif Blessing. 24. Osorio's 25 and Senior Bernardeschi 26. Cassius Mylula's at 26. If you're smart financially, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Abby wants to know if folks are. Uh, Going to Cincy. Michael, I will. I will run through the playoff schedule. First round starts on the 28th. Franco Ibarra. Uh, Franco Ibarra and minutes played in Toronto. Clubs. Let's get to Toronto and their statistics here. 
I feel like I need to have some like hold music or something when I chase after this stuff. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 resources, news and media, schedule. Uh, let's see. Maybe if I just clicked on transfer mark, maybe I could do it that way. Yeah, if I if I perhaps had clicked on transfer marked, I could have done that. All right, so transfer mark Toronto FC. Franco Ibarra. Clicking on Franco Ibarra. I'm waiting for things to load. And like I said, I feel like I need hold music in these kinds of situations. Morning, Ricky. And Rich, you're not wrong. You're really not wrong. Current season stats for Franco Ibarra. Twenty-four in Major League Soccer, one in Leagues Cup. As I sit here and try to to fish through lines of demarcation, seven matches, one yellow, four hundred and forty-one minutes, ninety minutes when he started. He played uh, two games consecutively 90 and 45 played all 90 minutes at Chicago on July 16th. Then you had an international break 45 minutes at home against Montreal, August 21st on the bench. Didn't play against Columbus at home. August 31st played the full 90 against Philly. September 17, played 67. Four days later, played 64. On the bench for the third match in a week on the 24th, didn't play against NYC at NYC. 21 minutes at home against Cincinnati in a 3-2 loss. On the bench four days later, played 64 minutes against Red Bulls. Seven matches, 441 minutes, one yellow card. So that's what he that's what happened with Franco Ibarra in seven matches after the deal. And to Rich, to your point, nothing matters at TFC except how much money MLSE will throw at it. Anything Herdman says is uh, just words. Not And Rich, you're not wrong. Trust me, you're not wrong. No, John didn't hit a no-no button. Uh, I got a note. I got a notification. Get this: as, as I was talking, literally, I get this notification that was about this long in the in the uh, Twitch pitch. It basically says we're having problems connecting to Twitch. So that was how that happened. Not my fault. I didn't hit a no-no button. Did not hit a no-no button. No, not me. But, yeah, Rich, to your point, I think that you've got to get rid of the big names. You've got to send Insigne and Bernadeschi home. Just go. It didn't work. I want to know the kind of players that Herdman wants to bring in. I want to know the money that that MLSE is going to spend. I really do. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to find out what this is all about. So, uh, Ricky trying to do the math this morning. 
Falcons play the Vikings at the Benz on November 5. The only time it could play it is on November 4. No, we're not starting over. We're not starting over, Alex. Come on now. Uh, Union Atlanta United match. Maybe you can stay the next day for the Falcons as well. I mean, and Rich, you know that folks would be more than happy to see you. You know that, you know, they would. Uh, all right. So playoff schedule. Do we have anything resembling a playoff schedule yet? Let me see if we have the, the grid laid out. The Audi Cup playoffs explained. I don't want video version. I want I want it written down. It's like a two-minute thing that they've got figured out on the playoffs. I don't want that. I want the actual notifications. But uh, you know, so we'll see what the uh, the layout of the land is. But once again, it's going to be dictated. It's going to be dictated by your new TV partner. And in some cases, a venue that only has one opportunity for it. So we will see what uh, we'll see what it looks like. But now it will be it will be very very be very very intriguing to see what it looks like when it comes to uh, everything that's laid out. You know, you click on something and you sit there. It's like, you know, maybe this will give it to me. No, didn't give it to me. Nope, didn't give it to me. You don't get a playoff bracket. You get nothing. Nothing's getting done here for MLSsoccer.com. I'm clicking on as many things as I can come up with, trying to come up with playoff scenarios and all that kind of stuff. If it started today, all that kind of stuff. If the playoffs started today... We know what it would look like. But once again, 8-9 is your wild card. One gets that, 2-7-3-6-4-5, and four, five, and they don't reseed. They don't reseed. MLS Cup, we do know, is December 9. Playoffs begin October 25-26 with your wild cards. All games can be watched on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV, by the way. One through seven qualify for the round one best of threes. The eight and nine get the wild card matches. What should you know? We know decision day. Wild card matches are October 25 and 6. Round one best of three go from October 28 to November 12. Semis and finals from November 25 to December 3. MLS Cup presented by Audi is December 9. Wild card. Now, here's where the fun starts. Here's your math. Here's your math. Two single-game elimination matches hosted by the higher seed in the 8-9s. If the score of a wild card game is tied at the end of regulation, immediately to PKs. Winner of each wild card match plays the one. Round one, best of three. Every round one match will have a winner. No ties, no aggregate. Home away home. Higher seed, lower seed, higher seed. No extra time. You go straight to the penalty spot. First team to win two matches advances. Four teams from each conference go. 
conference semis, single elimination hosted by the higher seed. If a score is tied, then you get the two 15-minute extra times. Then you get PKs. And they don't reseed. That to me is that that to me is the first thing that I'm like, eh. One eight nine plays four five three six plays two seven. You don't reseed. Conference semi single elimination. Yeah, restart your stream. Hit refresh. Yes. So no reseeding. No reseeding in all of this. Conference final, single elimination, hosted by the higher seed. Tied at the end of regulation, you get your two 15-minute extra times. Score is still tied, you go to PKs. MLS Cup, once again, single match, two 15s. If it's tied, you go to PKs. So round one, home away home, higher seed gets two. First team to win two matches advances. So that's that's what it looks like with your, that's what you're hunting for. <laughs> Michael, such a simple <laughs> joke, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's chaos. And apparently so is Twitch this morning. Twitch took a little while for it to, yes, absolutely, Hutch, it was a Twitch glitch. A Twitch glitch on the Twitch pitch. So, Ricky doing math. Wild card game will either be Wednesday the 25th, could be Thursday the 26th. First round starts that weekend. Rich is saying that there are 50-buck Falcon tickets. Who do you want in the first round? You guys are talking about it already. Who do you want? Who do you want? Who do you want to play in the first round? Frankly, I want Philly. I've said it, and I'll say it again. I want Philly. Rich, I want Philadelphia. Who do you guys want in the first round? Well, that'll be a continual topic here this week. Who do you want? Looking forward to it. To I, I, I want to see what the responses are. Um, Ten minutes, uh, Bart Keel will be joining us. Four card wants Philly. Like I said, Rich, I think that you're going to be, you're going to have, uh, your team is going to be circled and cross-haired in this. I, th- I think you really are. I think you really are going to be in the crosshairs of a lot of Atlanta United fans. Since we got 10 minutes, uh, let's go over the lower division stuff before we get into uh, Bart Keeler joining us at 10 o'clock to talk national team. Golden Boot and USL Championship went to Albert Dequa in, uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. You had craziness on the final day. Once again, we'll get into this in more detail on the USL Championship Week in Review show. That'll be up tomorrow. But Eastern Conference, Detroit City drew Pittsburgh on the last day at Keyworth. And so they get a rematch. Since uh, Miami could not, sorry, the Miami FC could not do anything in Sacramento. So it's Detroit at Pittsburgh. Memphis 901, for those of you that are keeping an eye on Stephen Glass, they get loose city. That's your match of the first round. Memphis 901 hosting loose city. That's big. Charleston, your three, hosting Indianapolis, the Indy 11, and Tampa Bay hosting Birmingham. 
That's Eastern Conference. Western Conference, Sacramento, New Mexico, you had drama in the getting in part in both the East and the West. New Mexico United gets in as the eight, so they get to go to Sacramento. San Antonio as a four seed. San Antonio and Colorado Springs, that's going to be a big one as a four or five. And then second round, you'd have San Antonio and Sacramento if chalk holds. San Diego Loyal in their last season ever, they get to host Phoenix Rising. And Orange County, who signed a new 10-year lease to play in Irvine, California, they get El Paso in the opening round. New Mexico and El Paso won on the final week of the regular season. Detroit City jumped into the last place in the East since uh, Miami lost to Sacramento. Pittsburgh will try to become the second team in as many seasons to end the campaign with the best record and win the title. But yeah, Loose City going to Memphis 901. That's going to be big. Defending champ San Antonio play host to Colorado Springs in the Western Conference final redo. For those of you that will be paying attention and will be watching on Saturday, in addition to everything else on all your devices, uh, multiple devices are required. Memphis and Lou City's at 6.30 Saturday. Pittsburgh, Detroit City's at 7. Tampa Bay hosting Birmingham at 7.30 at Al Lang. Sunday in the East, it is Charleston at 4 o'clock hosting Indy 11. Western Conference quarters, San Antonio at 9 o'clock hosting Colorado Springs, Sacramento hosting New Mexico United at 10, Orange County hosting El Paso at 10.30, Sunday at 10, San Diego and Phoenix. So that's your opening round there. In USL League One, Tormenta didn't make it. They drew on the last day. Trevor Ammon for Northern Colorado got League One Golden Boot with a record-breaking season there for Hailstorm. But with all the drama that happened in the last day, Union Omaha is now the first club to win the Players' Shield twice. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Forward Madison lost on the last day. But they needed, but uh, South Georgia Tormenta needed to win to hopscotch them. And they couldn't do that. They couldn't get that result in Charlotte. They drew in Charlotte out of the playoffs by one point. So we will have a new champ. Forward Madison goes to Northern Colorado in the quarters. Greenville and Charlotte on the right-hand side. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. Charlotte and Greenville. And once again, Charlotte Greenville is your 4-5. Northern Colorado, Madison is your 3-6. Omaha is your number one. North Carolina FC is your number two. USL League One does recede. So, lowest remaining seed will go to Omaha, and then the other will go to North Carolina. But you've got North Carolina, you've got the possibility right now, you've got North Carolina FC, Charlotte Independence, Greenville Triumph. You could have, if chalk holds, 
or if sorry, if you get an upset, if say Forward Madison wins, Forward Madison wins, then you could have uh, teams from North Carolina and South Carolina playing each other in back-to-back weeks or back-to-back uh, sessions. So your playoff bracket is set as Union Omaha wins it, wins it twice. Quarterfinals Friday, Charlotte hosting Greenville at 7.30. Saturday, Northern Colorado hosting Forward Madison at, at uh, 9 o'clock. Semis are next Saturday the 28th. NWSL. You want stupid? You want stupid, stupid. Louisville, yeah, Lou City's at Memphis. Yeah, uh, Lou City is at Memphis in, a, in the opening round. Crazy. But you want crazy yesterday? Absolutely nuts was the NWSL. It was absolutely crazy yesterday. You ended up with a uh, whip-around show that they were doing on uh, CBS Sports Network. All six games were playing at once, but they've got to do a better job of syncing the second halves. Everybody starts at the same time. Everybody needed to start the second half at the same time because you had games that were all over the place in the second half. It was a great idea, uh, but it was it was great to see all – 12 teams going at the same time. But, yeah, it was crazy yesterday with who's in, who's out. I mean, literally, you had to go to math and, like, three points over. You had to do math. But here's how it wrapped up. Gotham in, Angel City, who just thumped Portland in, O.L. Rain in with a big win on the road in Chicago. North Carolina Courage in with their win. Trinity Rodman got a red card in the 22nd minute, I believe. So Washington was uh, down a player having to come back and win because if they won, then they would have been in. Gotham goes to Wake Med. Angel City goes to OL Reign. Then you get 3-6 and 4-5, and they don't recede. So North Carolina, Gotham winner goes to Portland on Sunday, November 5th. We'll try to track down Jen Heldreth, and we'll see if we can get Jen to talk about it. And then Angel City. Then if you haven't seen the Sydney LaRue a bicycle kick, I'll probably play the audio for you. It's crazy. Angel City was rolling. Sydney LaRue was just like, okay, I'll do that. And she had a bicycle kick at an acute angle. It was ridiculous. It's out there. Then uh, the 4-5, Rain and Angel City, winner of that one, gets San Diego at Snapdragon on Sunday, the 5th of November, as a part of a doubleheader. So San Diego puts up a big number. They end up with the Shield. Portland gets thumped. They had a chance at the Shield, didn't get it. They had a chance. So here's how things finished points-wise. San Diego, two points clear of Portland. Like I said, Portland had a chance once again to get the shield on the last day of the season, and they got thumped by Angel City. Courage finished third. Rain finished fourth at 32. Angel City finished fifth at 31. Gotham finished sixth at 31. 
and literally you had to go down past goal difference because Angel City and Gotham had the same goal difference, and then you go to head-to-head. Orlando out on goal difference. Orlando, 31 points, and they had they had the third most wins in the NWSL. They were 10-11-1. They had more wins than, than four of the six teams that made it into the playoffs, and they don't make it to the postseason. Orlando, 10-11-1. They don't make the postseason. Washington loses 30 points. They're out. And then racing Louisville out at 27. Houston out at 26. They needed a win and some help. Current out at 26. Red Stars out at 24. So madness and craziness in the NWSL. And I'm not kidding. I was one of those guys that literally was glued to the uh, whip around show that they had on CBS Sports Network. And within the first five minutes, there were five goals scored. I'm not kidding. But great work by the NWSL to have that as a program to make sure that you could see the final day of what was going on. Bart Keeler coming up around the corner. And since uh, he is coming up around the corner, I guess I may as well do this now instead of at 10 o'clock because then Bart will have been waiting for like four minutes. We'll go ahead and do this. Uh, Bart's going to go get his morning cup of coffee while I read a promo. And I've got to adjust my volume appropriately so I'm not blowing myself out or blowing you out as I talk about our friends from Eliminize. Rotor-free, clean, fresh air. One place you need to go. It's Eliminize service. That's what it says right here on my promo card. Deodorizing and clothes based on like uh, houses, apartments, and condos. They've created a customized solution. that eliminizes all organic odors, including those like pet cigarettes and food. Realtors and property managers use Eliminize service to eliminize bad odors to help them celebrate their homes that much faster. It's a turnkey process, and thank you, Ricky, for telling me what that was. Makes it easy to work with said realtors and property managers. Kind of the environment. We like that these days. Offering a green way to get rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue whatsoever. Different than Febreze or our favorite masking agents that we have either above us in the cupboard or below us under the sink. Because when you were to reach for those, you reach and you grab that masking agent. You sit there and you spray the masking agent in the air. There's a reason it's called a masking agent. You're masking the odor. You're not attacking the problem like our friends at Eliminize Service do with their proven scientific formula. Pricing very, very easy, either by the cubic foot or parts per million to come up with a price that is affordable for you. Offering results in 24 hours or less. If you have any questions, frequently asked or otherwise, one place that you need to go is the website. And this is where I grab my pen. E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E dot com slash Atlanta. Eliminize dot com slash Atlanta. We just ask that you do the slash Atlanta after the dot com so our folks at Eliminize know what part of the world that you are asking them to help you with your problem. Eliminize dot com slash Atlanta. Eliminize service. Proud sponsors of everything SDH. Proud sponsors of everybody who wants odor-free, clean, fresh air on a Monday or any other game, uh, any other uh, day of the week for that matter. See, now, I just wish that when you hit the fader, it would fade on its own. But it doesn't do that. They don't do that. So this is uh, it's now uh, after 10 o'clock, which means one thing. We bring in Bart. And uh, Bart, are you on the road, sir? Coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. Ah, Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. 
so uh, do I wedding here. do I even ask pray tell what's going on in Raleigh, North Carolina? I had a wedding this past weekend, but I'm leaving today. Yes, that is true. Uh, my wedding. You're a little gargly, by the way. Uh, it could be I'm using earbuds. I don't know. Wow, Abby's yelling at you to fix your audio. <laughs> wow. It could also be the... Let me try to fix it. All right. Bart's going to try to fix his audio. It's a Monday. And he's busting out his Lenore Rhine gear. It, it... Oh, no, I, Abby, you, I know you were not in all caps. You were not yelling, but... Uh... It, it was it was a uh, yeah wedding. <laughs> Rich says he heard either wedding or wake. It was a wedding. It was not Bart's wedding, but it was at somebody else's wedding that Bart was at. So uh, yeah, it was <laughs> Bart, Abby says it was a mommy tone. <laughs> As Bart is feverishly trying to uh, figure out how to how to fix things, we're going to talk to Bart about the USMNT and how completely and totally off the rails it could be. With uh, what happened on the weekend, it was a tale of two forty-fives. This much we do know, and uh, you know we we've got our we've got our ratings, which we know always really gets uh, Bart sideways when it comes to what people think. Because <laughs> wow, Hutch is saying go to closed captioning, and Rich wants you to use cue cards. Wow, it's a Monday audience, man. That is, in fact, a Monday audience. Wow. <laughs> uh, so here's here's what we're going to uh, here's what we're going to talk about. It was basically it was two halves. It, it it was two halves. Oh, okay. So all right. So let's try let's try this. How about now? Maybe it's better. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Like, Turn your. I was, yeah. Turn your phone sideways. Yeah, there you go. Well, then, then if I turn it sideways, the problem is, uh, yeah. All right, sorry, I was on, you know, the crappy hotel Wi-Fi. So there we go. All right. Yeah. So Hutch was looking at you, and he wants you to not take his picture. So uh, there we go. There it is. All right. So Bart's going to prop up his stuff. And uh, morning, Nick's morning, Abby. There we go. Um. Now Bart was at a wedding, not his own, in uh, in North in North Carolina this past weekend. And how much of the action did you were you able to just pay attention? Did you actually get time away from? Uh, were you like the guy in the corner? Uh, huh. Who was now? Luckily, I got home. I missed like you. You described the opening minutes of like twenty seven goals in ten minutes, and unfortunately, I missed that. Um, I didn't get back to the hotel until about 5.30. So I got to watch plenty of uh, goals scored by Angel City. Yes. But, um, yeah, I did miss the first opening minutes, but I was keeping up with it on my phone. I was actually um, at the wedding. There is a girl there who is a Courage fan, and so we were chatting about NWSL soccer. It's just like, I really hope we win so we make it to the playoffs. And, hey, they did. Yes. It was uh, absolutely nuts. But the idea that Orlando was third in the league in wins, the, the third team in double yeah. in wins, and they don't make the postseason. That's how stupid yesterday was. Yeah, it was um, – I think I was actually most shocked at 
Yeah, I think Orlando was the one that was most shocking. Also Washington, but, you know, they've been struggling all year. But you just think with the the amount of talent they have, they would get into the playoffs. This is two years in a row without them. Um, Orlando falling short when all the, you know, that was quite surprising. Um, And honestly, the, the, the shock result was that Angel City not necessarily beating Portland. Smacking them up and down the field because that was that was a beatdown for the, especially considering Portland was out there trying to win the NWSL Shield. Ugh, and they didn't again. I, I mean, if yep. you're if you're a Portland fan, are you banging your head against the wall again? Yeah, I mean, look, that goes back to that question that we just had a couple weeks ago about NW or about uh, MLS. Would you rather win the Shield or the Cup? Cup. Portland's got a cup. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> uh, so as you look at as you look at things now with the survivors of Decision Day, what where where if where are your juice boxes right now? I mean, you look at Angel City and Angel City. Obviously, they're the they would be a trendy pick because of catching fire the way that they have. But then you have the, the the playoff savviness of the teams toward the top. But what are you looking at right now with the NWSL? Well, I still think when you look at who the favorites are, for me, it, it's it's still San Diego and Portland. They've yeah. been good all season. I don't think that's going to change. Um, what I am interested to see is how Angel City can keep things going. Um, I'm interested to see North Carolina, who – especially with Sean Nias, who's gotten a lot of praise this year to see how they can adapt for playoff time because mm-hmm. it is different. And he has done great things with that team, unexpected things with that team. And I think they, again, trying to ride that wave of emotion of getting into the playoffs to see if they can use that. But really, I'm, I'm looking at San Diego. I'm looking at Portland. Everyone else is just there, in my opinion. <laughs> Well, and we'll hold you to it. Uh, but yeah, yesterday was yesterday was chaos, and it was fun uh, to to see that. Like I said, it was the first uh, decision day whip around. Obviously, there's some things that hopefully. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The league and their broadcast partners can take from it and and learn and grow with that. Have we talked about the plethora of options that NWSL is getting itself into? Did you see that report? No, I have not, sir. What okay. is it? So there are media rights for next year and beyond. Right. Um, they have 
uh, I, this has just been reported, not necessarily rumored, but reported. Um, nothing has been confirmed from the league, but they're getting in bed with, they're staying in bed with Paramount Plus. Right. Also going to get into it with ESPN. We're not quite sure what any of these details are. Um, also with scripts. Yeah. And then um, I believe the other one was Amazon. That is correct. So interesting. I'm hoping they keep the Paramount Plus streaming package. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful that ESPN means they're going to get some games on ESPN on occasion. But um, I personally, and I know this is kind of a minority opinion in women's soccer fandom, but I thought the Paramount Plus setup was the best option for the league. Right. Um, and I actually think having too many places um, like this might be a problem. Uh, we saw with MLS how having Univision, ESPN, Fox, you never know where was what. Um, I'm hopeful that this they can continue to keep Paramount as their main partner because I think that is going to create easier watching for the fans. Yeah, and and I think that you know yesterday I think was the prime example of that once again where you right. had, you had your network partner. Uh, and it wasn't on Paramount Plus. At least it, it, you could probably have accessed right. Paramount Plus, but you accessed it at CBS Sports Network, which right. is more of a cable linear approach than having to go and chase it someplace. It's like you right. knew you had an over-the-air cable partner. You know you could go there. You had games that were available in other places, but you could go to that one location, get your one-stop shop, and have your whip around available there where you're not having folks fishing and trying to find it. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's, I think they need to be careful to not get into that. Um, but yesterday was a good day for the league. I thought that was very entertaining. Um, you know, I think if I'm looking at any team that they need to make changes this offseason is Washington Spirit. Because, again, you're two years without a um, playoff appearance. Michelle Kane did not buy that team to be not in the playoffs. Oh, no. Um, and you've done a lot of things on and off the field, on the field, literally moving to a better facility full-time, um, you know, and trying to get them to be at the top level. And you're not. This is a problem. People are going to have to be, you know, decisions are going to be made. And when you're not making the playoffs, which is money, yes. <laughs> uh, then you're going to, you're going to have a problem. So, so you're saying that uh, that the new slogan for NWSL is playoffs is money? Oh, well, I mean, I think literally the shield, that was the only thing for Portland yesterday, is I think players missed out on a $15,000 bonus yesterday. That is so, true. That um, is absolutely. I know playoffs involves a bonus as well, so yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the current deal, uh, our, our friends at uh, Sportico, uh, uh, and sports pro media, uh, they they have the the wrong they have the wrong consonant up. It is worth one and a half million that CBS pays for the rights. Uh, our friends at Sports Pro right had, had uh, have a different consonant in that Ilian word, but it's one and a half million right that CBS pays for the rights, and the league has to shoulder the cost for production, which we know goes through Vista down in South Florida. For those of you that right. watch. Uh, USL Championship, USL League One, all of those those mass leagues 
that you see the same production elements. It's done through that uh, production house, uh, MLS Next Pro. It's all done through that production house in South Florida. And so that's why you see the, the same names and same voices that are attached to it. Yeah, that's, that's why Mike, uh, what's his name? Mike, um, Mike Watts. Watts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. That's, that's and, why- and I will say that is the one thing that fans that rightly have complained about is the production quality. Um, and, and I think it's fair to ask for more. I think it's fair to ask for more money. And obviously that might be why they're trying to piecemeal it together to get the most money they possibly can. I just think that tr- you need to try to keep it to one, for the most part, one provider. Yeah. Uh, our friends at Sports Pro Media say, if confirmed, once again, with these four partners, new NWSL agreement would be worth more than the record 9.9 million U.S. value of the Women's Super League deal with BBC and Sky in the U.K. The deals are expected to run until 2027, the year after the U.S., and this is, once again, the words of Sports Pro Media. U.S. is set to co-host the Men's FIFA World Cup with Canada and Mexico. They're still trying to figure out uh, 27 hosts for Women's World Cup. This would allow the NWSL, this is their words, this would allow the NWSL to capitalize on any increase in popularity of the sport after the tournament and any further commercial expansion of its own league when it takes the rights to market once again. U.S. is also in the running to host the 2027 FIFA Women's World Cup with Mexico. The average value of an NWSL franchise is now 66 million U.S., according to Sportico, with Angel City the most valuable at 180 million U.S. NWSL teams believed to have generated a combined 112 million U.S. during the 2023 season, with an average value to revenue multiple of 7.1, far greater than many established sports leagues. And then they add the idea of Boston coming in and Bay coming in, Boston paying a reported $53 million expansion yes. fee, which dwarfs the two to five that folks paid in 2020. So you're looking at... Yeah, I, I got to win that Powerball quickly because seeing the it, you know the expansion fee may be a little too much for me. Well, yeah, or you could uh, go into other leagues. Maybe you go into USL, USLS, you go into USLW, something like that. You, Go, work your way there, get multiple franchises, work your way through there. Hey, I did see a girl when I was flying. Um, when did I fly out? Saturday. A girl, <laughs> young girl, three, like maybe six years old, wearing a Tampa Bay Rowdy scarf in go. the airport. And I thought that was really cool. Yes, so. that is definitely. <laughs> uh, the other topic that I wanted to, uh, when is your flight, by the way? When do you head back this way? 630. Okay. Okay. I was, I was, cause I was like, wait a second, do you know, how far are you from the airport? Are we holding you up from something? Are you going no? To- no, I'm going to check out of my hotel at eleven. Walk to the Waffle House right next door and spend a good few minutes, a uh, few hours there, and then catch me important. See, Abby, being the Fort Lauderdale Strikers fan here amongst this, noticed the yeah. She's a, she, I know she hates the Rowdies. How's the Strikers doing there, Abby? Mm. <laughs> mm. Not while I'm drinking my morning. <laughs> uh, as, as as we always do. John, I have a question for you before we get into U.S. soccer or U.S. men's national team. Why yeah. weren't you on the ESPN call for the Bufordville Creek game? I was hoping to hear your voice, man. Uh, all I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say is is that uh, all I know is that there's 20 seconds left in the game. That's all I'm going to say. Did I say that out loud? Uh, 
So, yeah, it was uh, – uh, we had a great game. Uh, Hiram and Cartersville, 35-34. Folks got to see the whole thing. Who knew? Um, all right. So, since we are in an international window, USA and Germany, uh, and I have said that this is a tale of two halves, and in front of 37,743 at Pratt & Whitney Stadium in Rentschler Field, uh, a fantastic venue for, for U.S. soccer. Uh, U.S. They end up, you know, with a with a lead from Christian Pulisic, and then they don't end up with a league by the time the uh, the, the match is yeah. over. Three one by the time it's done. Uh, from a thirty thousand feet before we get into actual individual stuff, what did you think? I mean, I think if anyone is trying to somehow make this because Greg Berhalter sucks, <laughs> I think. You have to. We we have to just understand that we're still not at that level, and no amount of coaching is going to make the individual players vastly better. I mean, we don't have an Elke Gundogan on this team. No. No. no as no. much as I like Matt Turner, he's not Mark Andre Ter Stegen. Like, and that's just we're we're just not there. Yeah. We don't have a Masiala. We don't have a Sane. We don't, we, you know, and, and we do have good players and our players are progressing very well. But I think this one was more of a matter of, yes, coaching could have helped. I think people ask, I think people do expect more uh, in-game decisions from Greg to try to win friendlies, which is not the way that he approaches them. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's not trying to win. I think that we just see that he is trying to get the best evaluation of his team. And so that doesn't mean you're going to change random. You're not going to change and somehow put three forwards up top to try to get a win late against Germany. It's just not going to happen, you know. Um, but I thought, like you said, the first 40 minutes were very good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we caused problems for a German team that we know they're not that good right now. They've been down. But um, the other thing is, yeah, you, Julian Nagelsmann is a better coach than Greg Berhalter. Better. That's why he costs more money. Better dresser, better dresser too, by the way. I, I enjoyed his uh, flannel shirt jacket uh, <laughs> on the sidelines. That was kind of nice. Um, but it's just like, I think people, uh, there's a lot of fans who are very upset about that match. And I watched it and I went, okay, I can see where we can be better. But I also see how we looked pretty darn good against Germany. And a friendly that was, I don't want to say it didn't matter, but it's just a friendly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, and that's when did, you know, in, in the time that you have been watching U.S. national team soccer. Right. When did, I guess, the the switch flip to wanting immediate results or has it been something literally in every window? Is there an immediate result that is anticipated? Yeah. I, I think the problem that we've had with this always from the U.S. perspective, at least as far as I can remember since 2002, yeah. right, is American soccer fans have treated the U.S. soccer teams kind of as their club team. Mm -hmm. That we're getting away from that now with obviously a lot more MLS and USL markets. So people are getting actual professional soccer in front of their eyeballs way more often. But a lot of people look at the U.S. team as their club team, their team. 
And so whether it's a friendly or not, you want to win. And people want, they also expect that this means US. I mean, I think the thing that we'll, we can go back to continually is as much as US soccer takes money from me personally and other fans to attend their matches, yeah. we're still behind the eight ball when it comes to funding, when it comes to revenue, when it comes to being able to pay for the top talented coaches, um, top to bottom, you know, be it yeah. at the US men's national team level or the U15 girls level, you know, and that um, that desire for immediate results, especially the, against, you know, a again, we could have done better. That's the, that's okay to say, but this expectation that should have beat Germany is, I, I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> Germany's still very good. They're still a very good team. Um, and again, I thought we played that first half very well. All right, let's get into the numbers. And uh, once again, this is for, for Bart to yell at Mike Wojtala traditionally at Soccer America. You know, we, we, we have our priorities. Well, let's get the 10. I, that, we'll start with that for me. <laughs> uh, Matt Turner got a six, held on to a pair of hard struck shots well within reach. Third save required a quick reflex dive, swatted a dangerous crossaway. Late in the second half, charged far outside the penalty area to intercept a crossfield pass to yet another wide-open German winger on the counter. On the goals, all from close range, his efforts fell below the heroic stopping them would have required. I, I actually I had a couple of issues with Matt Turner yesterday, but um, overall he was fine. Okay. Uh, defenders. Scally got a five. Richards and Ream got four. Serginio Dest got a three. Dust got cooked. And and I think this is a learning experience too for Greg. And is Sergio Dust is not the best defender. We know this, right? He's not, he's even worse, I think, on that left side as a defender. Mm -hmm. Um and he was getting beat repeatedly. And the other problem was once he got beat, you're going into the side of Tim Ream, who is not as quick and is reluctant to truly step and press uh, up after to recover like that. So I do think that is a criticism of Bragg, but then you're telling me the other option was to put, to swap them and put Joe Scally on the left and see if you do on the right. And I, I don't know if that's like a magical fix either, you know? So. Uh, midfield. Gio Reyna gets a six. Eunice Musa gets a four. Weston McKinney got a three. I okay. Gio was great. Gio was great. I think that's the first thing is Gio was fantastic, and you know, it, you could tell how much of an impact he had in the game because as soon as he exited, that's when Germany started to like beat us. <laughs> yeah. I thought Musa and McKinney again. This is a again a learning curve for Greg. But I don't know what the solution is because I don't think I think it's unfair to judge them for playing a position that's not their true best position, right? Being a little bit more withdrawn. Um, but the other options that we have in camp right now, Johnny Cardoso, who looked okay, but like it's definitely not Leonard Maloney. He just got here, and I don't. I think we've all known he's not like the guy. It's just nice to have him. So. The answer is Tyler Adams, <laughs> but Tyler's not there. So 
they, they had bad games, um, for sure. I would expect them to do better. But this is also just a matter of they are also learning how to play that position at this level. Yunus Moose has only played a handful of games as the defensive midfielder for the U.S., and McKinney's only played a handful where he's the deeper midfield. And they kind of switched in between that. So it is hard. it's harsh. It's justifiably harsh. But yeah, I mean, you move on. Yeah, and so at forward, Tim Wea gets a six, uh, Balogun got a five, and Christian Pulisic. Mike Waitala gave him three less than you did. Uh, Pulisic got a seven. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, look, the goal is fantastic. Um, we still need to figure out why he is the person taking all of our set pieces um, because, again, they're just not – they're not that good, um, especially his corner kick delivery. But um, – I thought the forwards actually did a good job of, like, again, we created chances against them. You know, we created chances against the Germany team to the point where you could have left that first half and said we could have had two goals, even outside of the penalty kick, which wasn't a penalty kick. Um, you know, you created chances and had opportunities against a Germany team. You just did not have the final bit of quality to get the ball in the back of the net when you when you created chances inside their box, and they did. Subs, and like I said, once again, this is traditionally a limited number of minutes, and so the numbers traditionally aren't all that high. De La Torre, Pepe, Aronson, CCV, Johnny, and Kevin Paredes each got fours. Oh, that's harsh on Brendo. I thought Brendan Aronson was pretty decent yesterday. I would have given him a five or a six. Um, I know minutes play into that, but I thought he was actually pretty good yesterday. Um, yeah, I don't think any of the other subs stood out. And I, again, Luca, I would have rated lower, but that's just me going, okay, Luca came into the game, mm -hmm. which again is your next best option as a midfielder. So this is where I want to take some heat off of Greg. And I'm not trying to defend him. It's just like, okay, what did you want him to do? Who does he put there? Yeah. Because you, you can't play Geo 60 minutes. We knew this going into the match. So then you put in De La Torre. Great. He's a perfectly good player. He He's done okay for us in the past. He wasn't up to it this game. And you could tell the drop-off. That's not Greg's fault. That's not even Luca's fault. That's just the reality of what our player pool still is compared to what we have this idea that it should be. Stats on the day. Germany had 19 shots to six, seven on target to three for the U.S. Matt Turner, Matt Turner made four saves on the day. Ter Stegen made two. Seven to four the U.S. had in corner kick advantage. 11 fouls by Germany. Three by the U.S., uh, three offside calls on the U.S. compared to two for Germany. Possession 60-40 for Germany on the day. Um, and it sounds like somebody's ride is there uh, at the hotel. But uh, folks, on the, folks on the Twitch pitch, uh, Rich uh, says, uh, we're the United States of America. How are we not good at soccer still? That's what folks are seemingly saying at points. You know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, we are good at soccer. Yeah, we're just not at that level. Yeah, and I think people took the Jurgen Klinsmann era and thought, oh, we can beat these teams in these friendlies. <laughs> um, but you know, we never really beat them when it came time to actually beat them. But you know, I, I we've we've had success against high level teams before, sure. Today, just or yesterday, yesterday, Saturday. Saturday? Two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago. What what year is it? Uh two days ago wasn't a day that we were able to 
capture the best of what we had created. Right. Because that, that shot stat, I don't love shots as like a telling of like who dominated the game, but that shot stat is telling of we were not able to create actual goal scoring chances from the dangerous moments we created. Germany was. Uh, Nick says that uh, Turner didn't play great, in his opinion, responsible for at least one goal. The wings were I agree for the center backs. So I agree that Turner, I don't necessarily want to say he was responsible because I hate putting that on the goalkeeper when every other defender in front of them has failed. But yeah, I agree. Um, I thought Turner got a little uh, out of position and his, he was a little um, undisciplined and impatient when it came to kind of trying to save some of the 1v1 opportunities that Germany created. Um, center backs were not good. I mean, I think we all knew that that was going to happen when Greg put up a lineup and said Miles was starting, and then he said, just kidding. Um, and so if you want to blame Greg for something, it's that. He should have played Miles Robinson, um, which I, I is tongue-in-cheek because I'm an Atlanta fan, but also Tim Ream is not the answer going forward it's just I, I he's been good thank you for for being good and, and coming to our defense to our our need during the world cup very great we needed him he is not the answer going forward so why aren't we looking at and we saw a little bit of it with ccb and chris richards but why couldn't miles or ccb started next to chris richards instead of forcing tim ring um i i'm not saying it would have Whereas, you know, I'm not saying it means we don't lose three to one. I think that we don't lose as badly. I don't think the first goal happens because the way Des gets beat, then Reem gets beat, and Richards gets beat, it was a domino effect once that happened. I don't think that if you have Miles or CCV, they're losing that challenge in that moment. Abby has a question that I'll get to, and uh, I, you know, I'm going to view it as a rhetorical question when we when we get to it. Uh, okay. Nick says that Geo was good going forward, but he does not defend. He's a forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's an attacking player. The boy is going to attack. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, he does defend. He doesn't defend back. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, Tiago Amato doesn't defend behind the, the halfway line. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll defend up high. Yeah, he'll defend, but there's a different there's a difference between, say, somebody like, uh, you know, a Yorgi Shakamakis, who you will see at the back line running his, running his ass off, going all right. the way as far back. So, uh, understood there. Uh, Abby, do you think they should bring in Lennon at right back? No, you don't. I think the problem for Brooks Lennon is right back is one of the few places that we actually have depth, right? So Junior Dest is your number one, no doubt. So then he's also apparently still your second choice left back. So then, but what, Joe Scali is a better player than Brooks Lennon. I'm sorry, he just is. So then, then what do you do at left back then? Well, you have Jedi Robinson. Yeah, and then that's that is one thing that I, I do criticize Greg is we we again it's not necessarily his fault because it's not like we can just create a left back out of thin air, but we haven't really tried to find that left back option behind Jedi. And so again, that was my issue with desks there is we've tried this and we know it's not the best thing. Why not put Scally there? Okay. Test him because we know he can play left back. Why not in this game? Did you not play 
Dewan Jones or Christopher Lund or, or put Paredes at left back for an actual like spell of time. Not, I don't even remember how many minutes he got. It was not a, not a cup of coffee. Basically. Not, yeah, it was. It, yeah. He got a cup of coffee and a donut, you know, it, congrats, um, which is always good, yeah. but not testing who your left back option is. I understand the love for Brooks Lennon. I am Brooks's greatest supporter here in Atlanta because I know everyone hates the fact that he replaced someone who people think is God's gift to right backs apparently. Uh, but yeah, I do not think Brooks fits in at the men's national team level right now. Cause behind even Scally, you're looking at guys like Brian Reynolds, you know, you're looking, I'm not saying I wouldn't give him a call up and maybe he'll get a call up in for one of these, you know, either December or January camps. I'm not sure which one we'll be having this year, maybe both, but I don't think he makes us better. So what's the point of bringing them in? I don't think he beats out any of the players that we have currently at that right back position. And you're only bringing two on a roster. So, all right. So then, sorry, sorry to be a buzzkill about it, but no. so it just then, is. You know? All right. So then uh, multiple part question. Uh, would you bring Brooks into camp? Yeah, like I said, I think I would like to see him. I would have liked to have seen him actually um, at the Gold Cup last summer. Not because I think he was better than necessarily um, Brian Reynolds, who played the most of the minutes. I think he's be- he would have been – I would like to see him more than I would like to see DeAndre Yedlin, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> um, I would like to see him in one of these domestic-based camps because I would like to see where he ranks and stacks up, right? Again, I think numbers one and two are pretty set on the depth chart. Three and behind, a little more unsettled. So why can't he get a chance to become the third option? Um, the other thing we have to do consider is Dewan Jones, who Greg clearly likes, is a right-footed player who plays on the left side. Um, so he can play right back. So again, we're looking at you have three guys in your pool who can do both left work on the left and right. Um, I, I just I, I like Brooks, and I know people want to call for him from Atlanta. I just don't think he fits when you consider what type of roster you build. Maybe you can call him in for a January camp cupcake. So then Abby's follow-up question is a left-back question, and I guess it's multi-part. How many years before they bring in more younger players, and what about Caleb Wiley at left-back? Well, Abby, I think your question is a little misguided because Caleb Wiley has been called up during this entire window. But he's playing for the U23s because that's the, the progression that we're on, right? So we have a, an Olympic tournament in 2024. And you're seeing Burhalter, Crocker, the USMNT program, they called up Caleb Wiley. He is clearly part of the national team picture. But right now, he, Tolkien, others are focused on the Paris Olympics next summer. And that's fine because Caleb Wiley is not necessarily going to beat out He's not beating out Jedi or Dust at left back right now. Sergino Dust, while he's not a great defender, does amazing things when he gets forward. And watching him being able to combine, um, that's something that Caleb is still working on, obviously. But no, Caleb Wiley is in that picture. Caleb Wiley, John Tolkien. We've seen Tolkien especially get called up to the Gold Cup last summer. Wiley got called up to the... Um, the what are we the El Cashico uh, in April? So 
Caleb is part of the plans. Do not worry about if we're not calling up Caleb Wiley. Caleb Wiley is part of the U.S. Men's National Team plans. Right now, though, his job is Olympics 2024. Jared Smith now hanging out with us here uh, on a Monday. So, uh, Jared, we're discussing uh, the world falling down around us when it comes to the U.S. losing to Germany. Bart's with us from Raleigh. Okay, well... They did lose. It's a thing that happened. <laughs> Jared, why doesn't Greg have better players than Germany? Uh, Dan, <laughs> you know what? Let me let me go dust off my copy of Das Reboot, and I will. <laughs> why don't we have a Gundogan? Why don't we have a Sané? Why don't we have a Musiala? Look, look, look! The Germans gave you Jermaine Jones. What else do you want? I know, right? Gave you Jermaine Jones and his like. Hobbit level walkabouts through Middle Earth, i.e., <laughs> the midfield, just leaving Michael Bradley to defend the entire flank by himself. Just, uh, just standing there like, uh, just standing there like Jon Snow in front of the army, all by himself defending the back line because Jermaine Jones is somewhere, you know, in in the wastes chasing a ball or I don't know a light that he saw or a sound that he heard. All while picking up the yellow cards. All while picking up the yellow cards. Or, my favorite red card ever, is the one he picked up when the Galaxy got dismantled in 2017 in Atlanta, where Tito Vialba legitimately committed an orange card foul on him. Yes. And then he kicked out to get set off. (laughs) Like, Tito committed a pretty heavy foul. Could have gotten sent off if the ref wanted to. And instead, Jermaine kicks out so he gets to get sent off, probably because he looked around in that game, because that was also the game, I think, Emil Assad had like two goals and an assist and just burned L.A. to the ground. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he just looked around and went, I'm not doing this for 90 minutes. Yeah. I got better <laughs> to do Oh, uh, yeah. And do and just uh, like 90 minutes to just walk off. You know, he, he's good for walkabouts when he's playing, but then after he gets the red in that match, he's just kind of – he's taking pictures. I mean, literally, he's just like – he's being a tourist. He's just like, oh, okay, hi, how y'all doing? And literally taking his time, and he tries to go out the center exit, and they had to point the tunnel to him. It's like, no, bruh, you got to go out that way. And he took another five minutes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. It's just great. It's, it's just magic. 
<laughs> this is where the magic happens. So when someone asks you to go behind the scenes, it's the it's a small it's a small world after all ride. This is where the animatronics exist. Somewhere yes. in the <laughs> And to answer uh, Michael's question, no, I don't. I didn't think the U.S. was going to beat Germany. I also don't care as much because it's you're kind of in these transitional stages right now. Um, in between tournaments, I want to see who has these. These feel like show me something games uh-huh. for a lot of countries. Now, for some countries in Europe. They're qualifying for the Euros. They're all beating each other to death with sickles right now. Yeah, it's kind of busy. U.S. just kind of like, hey, man, show me what you got. Hey, hey, come into camp. Show me. Have you gotten better since the last time we talked? How are you doing chemistry-wise? Christian, how's it going at AC Milan? Because everyone else at AC Milan seems to be having their pets' heads falling off. But you seem to be doing well. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think that's a great point, though, is some of these players – it was a check-in. I mean, look, Gio Reyna hasn't been playing soccer for the last, I don't know, 12 years, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And you saw him on Saturday look pretty darn good. That's the positive, you know? Um, you, I thought, to your point, Christian looked pretty darn good against a good Germany team. Um, Leia looked his normal self. I thought he was a little less impactful, but he was still very good. You had bright spots. I think that's the thing that's bothering me is, like, people – Yes, the second half looked bad, but you looked really good against the German team. And then, unfortunately, you had to sub out Gio Reyna, and things fell apart. Michael also yeah. asks, speaking of dollars, I wonder how much money the M&T could make if they played a match at Mercedes-Benz and priced the tickets rationally. Well, yeah, that gets yeah. a big hurrah for a lot of folks. <laughs> uh-huh i don't like them playing at pratt whitney richler field <laughs> you and about 99 percent of the rest of the folks i'm glad it was sold out but you know why it was sold out because it was germany and and the reaction to oh we didn't sell out in st louis and minnesota in september is like yeah you're playing oman and uzbekistan teams that just it's like i'm sorry i am not I, I am president of a supporters group, and I was like, oh, these teams, great. I'm excited to watch my team play, but I certainly wouldn't have spent money <laughs> to go travel for that, you know? No. Um, you could and should have played that match in a bigger stadium. You should have. Yeah. But is Atlanta the option? Well, I mean, you'd have to – you you let's see if you'd gone lower bowl, it would yeah. Have, if you could do forty two five, you would have had a lot of people there. Sure, that would have been sell out. Then you would have had to either figure out if you're bringing in the grass or you're playing it on turf, and then you've got to convert the field to football for the next day. Right, and that's the other problem with a lot of the NFL. Like with this particular one, though, is you have a lot of NFL teams playing right now, so. That, especially if you want to have to be East Coast, because despite all the people in LA not wanting to hear this, you're not going to play this match in California. You have to play the East Coast. And they had it limits a, you. And they had Club America and Chivas playing at the Rose Bowl in or yeah. in front of nine gazillion people. Yeah. And so you know, Rose Bowl was kind of you know, kind of busy at the moment. So yeah. I mean, you're. You're kind of stuck, especially during college football season and NFL season, about your venues. 
And the fact that J.L. Mora, I guess, was on the road or was in a bye week meant that uh, Pratt and Whitney was available. And so I, I think they just moved it. I don't think UConn plays football anymore, John. <laughs> I, you cannot convince me that they play football. Hey, man, they were. Uh, unfortunately, they do. And um, this is a myth, Jared. Well, <clears throat> unfortunately, they do because they, they still are paying money to Jim Mora Jr. Uh-huh. to coach a college football team. Yeah. That's, and, yeah. Bart, you might be right. Look, it might be money laundering. The entire thing might be money laundering. <laughs> uh, but UConn last year was had a really good season. And man, I God, I was in hell with that information. <laughs> I did not enjoy any of that. Yeah. Well, um, well. I, I agree, though, the concept of we probably should have played this at a better stadium and location. I agree with that. Um, they're just uh, – NBA, I know I know this is not something that people want to hear in Atlanta. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is not a preferred stadium by U.S. soccer in any means because of turf. And you can blame um, – and I, I say this with respect, but you can blame the U.S. Women's National Team for this. Because they they made a big old stink about the terrible turf in Hawaii, and then they the overcorrection was never turf, and you're not going to lay down grass for them the Falcons to be at home the next day. Um, it's just, you know it's just the, the unfortunate reality of, of where we're at with what MBS has to offer. I'm hopeful that if U.S. Soccer you know once they can they'll be more willing to foot the bill for that in the future when their headquarters are right here. We might get one or two games. So U.S. goes uh, to Nashville to play at Geotis on Tuesday, and they're going to take on Ghana, 8.30 Eastern on about 75 different networks of your choice. TNT, Universo, Max, and Peacock. And uh, no word on whether or not uh, if uh, Max and Peacock are, are going to shake hands and sit there and be in the same corner or not. But um, realistically, in this window, Bart, when you look at coming off of Germany, traveling from Hartford to Nashville, playing at Geodes, taking on Ghana, once again, obviously, we should all sit there and say that the world is on fire. And that everything, you know, everything means everything. And we all should be gripping the uh, the guardrail in front of us about what happens in this match on Tuesday when we catch back up for uh, refing down here yeah. and the recap of this on Wednesday. Look, you just hope that what the good things you did against Germany, which was you had some really good combination play in the midfield with Gio, Musa, Wea on that side. You have some really good combination play between uh, Dest, Ballo, and, and Pulisic. Can you recreate that? Um, or do you try something slightly different? And instead of the Musa McKinney Geo midfield, do you try like a, having maybe Johnny or someone who's a more actual defensive midfielder? I don't know. Maybe you want to continue to use Musa at that six so that you're like teaching him how to play that position. Um, I'm curious how Greg's going to look at that. I would like, I would like to see um, Sergio Guest play on the right side. I think that's the only thing that I truly want to see against Ghana because. I want to see Scally play left back. I want I, I want to see that. Like we need to test that um, because we do need to find the 
Jedi back up and I don't think Desk is the best option because of what you lose when you take him from the right to the left. All right. So uh, as you check out of that particular establishment wearing your Lonoa Ryan t-shirt and get uh, get ready to come back. Lacrosse National Champions. Oh, oh very nice. There's just two lacrosse national champions this past year. So, yes. Hey, I've, hey, I've been to that football stadium when Fred Goldsmith was the head coach. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> well, well, one, they've renovated the stadium. It's not, it doesn't quite look the same. The bricks are still there. They just made it um, a lot shinier. Um, and we have a big old video board. So, wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, My, it, it looks great. And honestly, Moretz, that that is one of the best venues in all of lower division college football. I will fully hard, 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 you say that it is a beautiful venue. So, all right. So you'll be back with us on uh, Wednesday for refing down here and reviewing the, uh, the be-all, end-all that is USA and yeah. Ghana at the end of the international window. True? Look, if we don't beat Ghana, we can actually be concerned. I think that's a fair statement. They are they are at the level that we should be trying to beat them. So, yeah. I agree. All right. So, he is uh, at Soccer for US POD, and he is at Bartimus Prime 19. He's checking out of his hotel, and he is out the door. Buy the man a coffee while you're at it. Uh, Jared Abbey is saying, have him look at different forms of turf and seeing how similar it is to grass nowadays compared to years ago. And the benefit of a field that won't have divots, you don't have the upkeep costs that grass has, especially with climate change. Yeah, and, I mean, turf requires upkeep, to, upkeep too. Yes. Because um, they change it every couple of years uh, to whatever is the latest and greatest to try and replicate grass, but without the wear and tear. But yeah, I mean, there, there's upkeep with both of them. There's, there's pluses and minuses. Um, you know, we've asked about this with Mercedes-Benz numerous times. The way the stadium is designed, you can't grow grass. Like, I think the only way you could do grass at Mercedes Benz at this point, and this is not, this is not a logistical possibility because of the setup, would be to do the Arizona thing where you put it on a track, yeah. roll it out, grow it, roll it back in, but you don't have space for that. Um, yeah. You have a Home Depot backyard, kind of in the way. Um, so True. That's not really an option. So you you run with what you got. You're going to make it work for the World Cup because it's the World Damn Cup. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, man, it's just it's 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 going to be interesting to see how turf evolves over the years because it's gotten better even in the last you know three, four, five years. How much can it keep getting better? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that as a criticism to say that it can't, but I don't work in turf management. Those are <laughs> those are my, those are friends of mine who went to school for it. Um, I've never like I, we try not to discuss business when we're not working, but yes, um, that'd be a question for people like that who you know because because when you start improving like field turf, I think the question then becomes when does the improvement become like you know negligible? Like you're always going to make it better, but like you're not making huge leaps in the technology. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, because I mean, Cobb County is going to probably have to have these conversations soon because. All of the cop, like all the cop county schools, and you go to a lot of high schools these days. Not even just cop. That's just where I went to school. But a lot of high schools these days have that field turf down. So at what point did they have to replace it? Hell, man, I think I think McEachern had it had a had field had like field turf down before the Georgia Dome did. Or right yeah, around yeah, they, they yeah they were one of the first. Well, they're special though. Yes, they are, uh, especially when you're tied to the uh, the life of Georgia endowment. For those of us of a of a certain age, you're, you're tied to an insurance endowment, uh, and, and a company that is over a hundred years old. You'll, you'll be okay. I mean, 
you, you get out on um get out on Barrett Parkway, you know, take a left uh, a couple miles past Powder Springs Road and you start going down um damn I forget the name of the road. You start going down the roads toward McEachern, you can see the Oh Macklin. Yeah. Yeah, you go down Macklin, you can see the uh you can see the giant the giant tombstone and yeah. like the, the giant archway. Um go a little bit further and you can see the giant Indian outside of McEachern High School. That, that, more people, I'm surprised more people haven't stolen it. That is the Boomershine Indian for folks that do not know. And for the longest time, uh, Boomershine Pontiac was uh, part and parcel to the heart of downtown Atlanta. And that Pontiac, that Boomershine Pontiac Indian was one of the more recognizable things that you could identify with downtown because you knew where Boomershine's dealership was because of the Pontiac Indian. And then when, I want to say it was in the early 70s, early to mid-70s, when Boomershine was leaving downtown and heading to the suburbs, they were trying to find a home for the Indian. And McEachin was like, we'll take it. And so that is where the Boomershine Pontiac Indian is. And it is there on the McEachern campus, taken from Boomershine Pontiac. Uh, you learn things every day here. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. And Abby says that uh, yeah, Boomershine was then on Cobb Parkway near the clock tower. So, Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, Michael Head believes all DeKalb County Stadia have field turf as well. Basically, mm-hmm. all high school stadium in the Metro, but most FBS have turf. I don't like it, but facts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the question, Michael, because I don't know the answer. I wonder if it is just more cost effective for them, like maintaining the turf is just easier than maintaining the grass. Because a lot of it, I know our our field, um, and Osborne wasn't exactly having money to throw around on, on maintaining <laughs> things. Um, uh, by the way, seven and Osborne uh-huh. leading their region knocked off Cherokee this past week. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> sitting above Walton because of uh, alphabetical name only. Yes, that is also <laughs> the weirdest universe I live in. But um, but a, I know like a lot of you, you do a lot of sports on those fields. Like you have, you know, you're playing football in the fall. You know, now you have flag football getting bigger. You have soccer. A lot of schools have lacrosse as well. And you just beat the absolute tar out of those playing surfaces mm-hmm. and end up having to redo them every year. I assume it's just easier for them to maintain the turf than it is to maintain uh, the grass. And I think they sew in the lines anyway. So yeah, that's... last time I saw Walton, when they were working on Walton's field once, they were they were sewing in the lines. Just because it's, it's easier. You don't have to reline the field. You know it's going to be there. You look for the right colors, call it a day. Correct. And so that's where... Uh... That's where Walton is right now. And, uh, yeah, and uh, there's like unique unique circumstances. Um, yeah, most stadia are used for football, soccer, and lacrosse. There's unique ones though, like um, Marietta High School still has Northcutt Stadium, which is off campus. But the new Marietta High School has a smaller stadium on campus that they can uh-huh. use for soccer and lacrosse, and they frequently do. Yes, that is absolutely true. And uh, the the idea has has been floated. Hey, Marietta, don't you want to play on campus and not at Northcutt for your for, for your football? And Marietta High School looked at everybody and was like, "Um, no, you're gonna drag. You're not gonna get them off Northcutt, man. They're gonna drag. You gonna drag them out kicking and screaming." Uh huh. That is absolutely true. 
And uh, yes, yeah, so that that is not going to happen. Anytime you have a, a a field goal kicker who can either launch it into a dude's backyard or a dude's front yard, depending on which end zone we're talking about, you're going to you're going to have kids aim for those kinds of things. Yep, and and just so we're clear, like if y'all have ever driven by Northcutt, it ain't like just some dude's yards. Those houses are expensive. It's, yeah. somebody, it's somebody with money's yard. Yes, and yes, and Decatur's got one stadium for everything except for baseball and softball. That's absolutely true. They they Jeez. they most certainly do. And uh, the thing about uh, Northcutt is that the stone the stone wall on the outside of the stadium mm-hmm. was a WPA project. It was part of a WPA project where they didn't have the money in the 1920s to build a stone wall. And so they canvassed all of the uh, the farms in the area and, say, and they asked the farmers, hey, do you guys have any extra stone that you could donate so we can build this rather large wall around the the environment and the the uh the outside of the stadium there at what would be Northcut and so you had all of these farmers bring all of this stone to Northcut and then the WPA project constructed the wall and that's where that's the wall is that's what the wall is it's part of a WPA project where all of the the farmers in the area from the the uh late 1920s brought stone to the property and that was how it was created damn yeah so yeah that's your history lesson for today uh i meant to to talk to you about the euros because scotland's in scotland's in you qualified after (laughs) norway spain (laughs) hey uh, frankly that one should have been worse spain had a goal chopped off outside that was questionable um so yeah this is hilarious because now scotland is uh (laughs) Scotland has two games left and they're in the Euros. Um, the the other side of this equation is the fact that Norway uh-huh. um, Norway can still get in with um, Nations League. Yes, they've got to go in through the Nations League qualifier. But, and it's, hey man, that's not going to necessarily be easy. Um, but you're also staring at, they don't do it, you're staring at a Euro without Holland, without Udegaard. Yeah. Which is wild to think about. It sucks, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Spain and Scotland winning five of six. Spain ahead on goal difference. Scotland winning, uh, you know, Spain wins 1-0, leads Group A on goal difference. Norway only has one game left. And so the max they can do is 13. And they, they're going to have to cut. They're going to have to go in in a different way. But uh, a 22-year wait to qualify for a major finals at Euro 2020, now Steve Clark has led Scotland to back-to-back European Championship appearance. This is the first time, I think, since 96 that they have gotten in without having to go through, like, you know, uh, you know, two teams go in, one comes out, death qualifiers. <laughs> Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time they haven't had to go through Thunderdome since, I think, 96. Um, but Scotland's not perfect. Scotland's not pretty at times. Um they know what they are, though, and they they, you know, they got here because they snatched a two nothing win against Spain at home. Um, 
they snatched a 2-1 win in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken care of it. Like, losing to Spain last week was their first loss to qualifiers. And that was a weird game um, where Scotland had a go-ahead goal taken off the board because of – basically, it was because of offside. And I think it was correct. It was very weird and very poorly officiated, though. It had been a good one for Bart. I didn't think about it because we were making fun of the U.S. That's Wednesday. Um, yeah, but because what it was is it's it's John McGinn, or I'm sorry, Scott McTominay, taking a really tight-angled free kick and scoring it. Um, there was a player in front of the goalkeeper who impacted the play. Like, he basically, like, on the kick, he stepped away from his man, basically stepped right into the gut of the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper couldn't do anything. The question was whether he was onside or offside. Because when they went to look at it, they signaled for foul. And they talked about it being because of a foul when it wasn't a foul. Then they said, oh, no, it was actually for offside, which it's it's a, it's an issue where a guy is offside. He's impacting the play. I wasn't sure he was offside. If he was offside, it is a thousand percent the right call. If he's not offside, it's not a foul, but. I think they got it for offside, and I, I don't know if they're using Hawkeye or what. Um, so I'll defer to them, but uh, it was a weird game, and <laughs> Spain gets two goals because Spain is still actually really good at this game. Like, they, they, they're still a pretty good soccer team, football yeah. team, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I know the dictionary shows some violence the other day for people uh, about that <laughs> definition, but yeah, I mean, and then so you know, Spain, Spain's in now. Now we got to see if Norway can get in because it, it's. I think it would be very weird, and it's going to suck if we get these major tournaments without a guy like Holland, yeah, without Odegaard doing his thing. Um, so yes, I'm very tickled. Um, I'm I'm very tickled that Scotland is in. That's what I figured, and, and it also appears that Rangers finally settled on their new manager. Yeah, they did. Um, Only took them forever to figure it out. You know, they went through a vetting. They 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 took their they took their time um, going through the process. Um, it's always fun when an old firm manager, old firm team has to find a new manager because it always ends up with really weird odds, with really weird random managers being linked to the job out of nowhere. And um, it's 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 my favorite bit of drunkenness that that, that someone does. <laughs> uh. Abby, as always, uh, have a fantastic Monday. Abby's got like work to do and stuff. Uh, here's here's your grid for watching things. Okay. Uh, you, got, you got Euro today, noon on FS2, Azerbaijan and Austria, uh, brought to you by the letter A. A- and mm-hmm. Greece and the Netherlands are at 245. The, the plus has women's college action, Oklahoma BYU at eight. Fox Soccer Plus at 245, Luxembourg and Slovakia. Fubo, who I don't have. They've got qualifying four matches at 245. Gibraltar, Ireland. Will Gibraltar score? Belgium, Sweden, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Portugal, Iceland, and Liechtenstein. Paramount Plus. And true degenerate stuff uh, is the uh, the CONCACAF Nations League on, on Paramount Plus. Seriously, if you want to look at some really cool venues for some uh, teams that are ranked lowly in FIFA, go here. St. Martin and Anguilla at four. Turks and Caicos, British Virgin Islands at four. French Guiana, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines at seven. Dominican Republic, Barbados at eight. Nicaragua, Montserrat at 10. And they've also got three games in the Argentine Primera. Uh, triple header, three, five, and seven. Bonfield, Atletico, Tucumán, Central Cordoba, and Lanús. 
Defensa y Justicia and Belgrano is at seven o'clock. That's your viewing. That's your viewing uh, habits for today. Uh, gossip rumor and innuendo before we go. Uh, Arsenal and Emil Smith Rowe, subject of interest from Newcastle. Arsenal interested in signing Ollie Watkins. Inter Milan linked to Tomas Suchek from West Ham and Leicester City's Kalechi Iannaccio. Sorry, Knicks. West Ham set to intensify contract talks with Suchek, set to become a free agent next summer. Chelsea ready to sell Trevor Chalaba in January, amid interest from Bayern Munich from Fabrizio Romano. PSG will make a final contract renewal offer to Kylian Mbappe next week, possibly with a low release clause, with Real Madrid waiting to see what comes of discussions. Greece boss Gus Poyet says he'd like to manage Ireland at some point, having led his side to two wins over the Irish in Euro 2024 qualifying. Manchester City stand to earn more than £8 million through a sell-on clause if Liverpool sign Leroy Sané. We didn't get into this today. We'll get into it tomorrow. Jim Ratcliffe's potential 25% investment in Manchester United far from completed with the British billionaire and club owners set for long negotiations. If it's successful, Ineos Group wants to expand the capacity of Old Trafford to 90,000. Bayern and Barca both want to sign Bayer Leverkusen's Florian Verts. Manchester United are in no rush to sell Scott McTominay, but would consider a deal if the price was right. And finally, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will not be Charlotte FC's new manager after team president Joe LeBue wrote on social media that the Norwegian was only visiting the MLS club's facility. That's courtesy of our friends at the Manchester Evening News. Okay. So no Ole in Charlotte. Charlotte's going to have an interesting offseason. I want to see what it looks like. Um, when it's all put together and said and done, because there's going to be a, um, you know, there's, you got the stuff with Swiderski talking about, you know, possibly going back to Europe. I want to go back to Europe. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have chances to kind of remake this team. Um, don't forget, man, like as far as defensively, I realize it was a long time ago in terms of like months ago, man, but the Anton walks tragedy was this year. Yes. In preseason. Yeah, January. Like torpedoing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not, man, it's not to minimize um, any any tragedies, but like w- less important than, you know, walks his family. But it did torpedo what Charlotte had planned for defensively this year. It changed things. It, it, it limited what they were able to do and it, because and of the draft. it weighs on your teammates oh, 100%. longer they, than you would think. So they are going to be a very interesting study in 2024 mm-hmm. because you're going to go into the offseason with a chance to, to, to you know, basically fill up a DP spot, potentially, as Versky goes. Um if they keep Latanzio, mm-hmm. they're going to have chances to kind of rebuild this team. It'll be a year on for that, and I think. But I think it's for them. It's going to be a very, very big show me something year, no doubt. Because Atlanta seems to have figured themselves back out. Um, Miami has Messi, and they're going to China. Team. We get, they're going to China. We didn't even get to talk about that yeah, today. They are going to China. Um, good luck. Just don't be stupid. I really love that place. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Um, that's a really simple thing to say, but it's some, for some people, that is a difficult thing to follow. Um, Miami's got Messi, which is a hell of a trump card. Orlando looks amazing. Uh, Nashville's going to the playoff. 
as far as all the teams in the South are concerned, uh, Charlotte right now is the one that's kind of sticking out here. They're not going to playoffs. How do they, going into 24, flip that script? Yeah, that's the, the big thing. And so that will be uh, what we're going to be staring at. And uh, obviously tomorrow we'll get into the Manchester United sale, get into stuff going on with all of the, the friendlies and the Euros. We'll get into that. Next time Nick comes on, and I'm saving it for the next time that Nick comes on because I want his input on what's going on with Tonali, Zaniolo, and the allegations in Italy about uh, gambling. And we'll get into that with Nick on his next appearance. Uh, yeah, Michael, they can. If they if they win this home-and-home uh, home with Miami, they probably will be in the playoffs. And then it will definitely be a decision for Tepper and Lebu and everybody there attached to Charlotte. Do you keep Latanzio, or do you chase after a bigger name? Yeah, they can get in. I think it's going to be tough. And even if they can, I they've been so inconsistent for both years. And if you get a chance, if if Swiderski goes, and you get a chance to bring another DP, how do you build it up? Yeah. And is Latanzio, you know, is he going to stay the guy? Yeah. I just think there's a, it's not, it's not, I don't think they did terrible. I just, you've got the other Southern teams kind mm-hmm. of trying to figure, like starting to really figure themselves out. Yeah. So what's the move, Charlotte? Yeah. I will be very interested to see. And we will also take a look. The the uh, our friends at the Athletic did their survey on year one of MLS season pass, and so we'll go through that, and we will ask you what you've thought of year one of MLS season pass. And so uh, traffic once again, as always, traditionally very 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 busy. Tuesday is going to be normal. Wednesday once again it'll be uh, getting ready for. Uh, everything going on with Dylan and Bart, hopefully at 10 and 10.30. Trying to bring on the USL show guys at 10 o'clock since the regular season is over. We'll make them a a weekly appearance for the playoffs if they're up for it. Kaylor Hodges, John Morrissey, and all those guys. Nico joining us Thursday at 10.30. Standard Friday, hopefully our friends at Beyond Goals Mentoring at 9.30. Then the uh, weekend whip around patent pending trademark coming sooner, hopefully, rather than later. All of our network programming. Catching up with our friends at Hickory FC, new club in the NPSL. And 1v1s with the teams in a USL Championship and League One that did not make the postseason. Getting some uh, info on their seasons and what they thought about uh, their years and what they're going to be working on in the offseason. So we'll be catching up with a lot of those things. Jared, it's good to hear your voice. Glad you came in on a Monday. Yeah, it's a try and swing by when we can, you know? Yes. So uh, since you're here, sir, go ahead and send us home. What he said. We'll be back at it 9.05 tomorrow morning. It's the end of the show. That means we get to do this.